0: Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast, where you will learn how to start living more by doing less.
1: Let me help you optimize, automate, and outsource your entire life so you can focus on doing the things you love.
0: Now here's your host, Ari Mizell.
1: Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. I'm your host, Ari Mizell, and my guest today is Trevinia Barber, who is the founder of Priority VA, which is the number one VA company that's out there right now. So Trevinia, thank you for taking the time to talk to me.
0: Hey, Ari. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into this, first of all, because there, there are I don't know if you encounter this cause I, I definitely encounter this quite a bit, but there is a big uh, sort of variance in, in, people's understanding of what a VA is. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think I, I spent a lot of time ha- explaining that to people even outside of our field, right? A lot of online marketers understand it, but uh, you get a brick and mortar person. Sometimes they're like, there is such a thing as a virtual assistant.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, there's a generational thing that I find. So if you feel like like very like younger generations, I think, tend to think it's like a bot and older generations tend to think that it's just basically somebody in a call center in India, essentially. Uh, I gave a talk once in Romania and I was talking about VAs and no, I, I kept seeing a bunch of blank stares and I was like, wait, do you guys, how many of you know what a VA is? And nobody raised their hand. And I was like, that's weird because your neighbor is probably a VA. We were in Romania. Yeah. so." Um, yeah, so I always feel like it's it's worth pointing that out. So wh- how do you explain it when somebody asks you what you do? Well, other than your tagline, wh- how do you, how do you explain what you do?
0: Yeah, so you know our company really is meant to to partner with entrepreneurs and business owners to help them really not do it alone. And, and so a virtual assistant in our space can do anything from manage your life and your calendar and your email to creating, you know complex marketing funnels for you. So really, the gamut is so big. And I I really want people to understand that the VA space is really an industry, not necessarily like a specific person anymore. It's really an industry that encompasses so much more than just uh, answering phone calls or, you know, being like a secretary, like most people think it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, so that's that's a good way to put it. I usually sort of start off by saying it's essentially like an assistant or someone that can help you that's just not in the room with you, and that's always a hard thing for people to, to deal with as well. So, uh, the how do you deal with the trust issue that people inevitably bring up? How can I trust somebody that I've never met or you know that I I don't see every day?
0: Well, you know, I think that in. In our business, I I find that trust is probably the biggest thing that people come to priority VA for because a lot of them have worked with VAs or they've tried the offshore thing or uh, all of this stuff. But that's really always been what's holding them back from a successful relationship. And so for us, trust is built. It's built one day at a time. But we try to do a lot of the front and leg work for people so that by the time they're matched with a virtual assistant through us, they know that that person has been vetted and background checked and personality profiled and run through a gamut of of testing uh, to really ensure that, well, two things. They are who they say they are and they can do what they say they can do. And, I, you know, but I think ultimately it is all about a relationship. And, People have to hand things over a little bit at a time, and if they've created a process that a VA can follow, then that trust factor, I think, tends to it tends to go up because they've outlined what they need to have done, uh, and the VA is simply following instruction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's get into some more specifics now about like what makes Priority VA different. So actually, first of all, let's talk about your history. So how did what were you doing before?
0: Yeah, so I actually have worked as a virtual assistant for 13 years prior to actually just last year in 2017 as stopping all client work to solely run Priority VA. So I worked in a corporation and, you know, I used to drive to work 45 minutes every day and pay $8 to park and, you know, just <laughs> hate myself every day thinking this is so stupid. I could do it from home. And I used to talk to my employer all the time about it. And they just never believed that, you know, I could get the same level of work done Uh in you know outside of my cubicle until I got pregnant and I was going to take maternity leave. And then all of a sudden that became a feasible option for them. And so I I took them up on that and I worked from home during maternity leave. And I think what they found was that I was actually more productive because I was working at my peak performance time, not when you know they said I had to be in the office. And so I, I was able to negotiate working from home. So I started working virtually a couple of days a week uh, with each successive child uh, that that happened more and more <laughs> and then at uh, at our first adoption uh, i really decided i had to be all working all virtual and so i just went part time working virtual and that worked for years until they got bought out by a national company and wanted me to come back and at that point i you know i was working in pajamas for a long time and i wasn't going back into an office so started working with clients and got connected with some higher profile folks um, with Michael Hyatt and Amy Porterfield. And through that, uh, you know, I was working with an organization and um, people started calling me and wanting more of my time. And I really didn't have any more. But the entrepreneurial light bulb went off for me because what people were really looking for was the character traits, I think, that they saw in me. And, uh, and I just realized that I could use a skill that I used in corporate, which was really, I worked with physicians and I was vetting physicians to join a corporation there. And I had this kind of spidey sense, right? About just who was good and who was not. And I figured I could use that to help connect entrepreneurs with virtual assistants that that they knew that they could trust and that would really partner with them for a long-term collaborative relationship.
1: I I think that the key, one of the key words there is at the very end, which is partner, right? And I, I, I think that as you sort of alluded to in the beginning, that a lot of people think of very small little things that you know they. First of all, they, a lot of people I think will think of like the scheduling and the reservation stuff like that, and then they get into that weird territory where they're like, well, I could just do it myself. I'll just take a minute, and then they just kind of shut down. But understanding that just because somebody's not in the room with you doesn't mean that they're not highly skilled, highly trained. That the fact that they're on their own schedule means that they actually have time to learn skills that they can use that would be really helpful in your business.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we're hiring for someone in our office, you know, I remember getting hundreds of resumes, right? And you would see all these overqualified people, right? Because the job market was terrible or whatever. And I always wanted those overqualified people because they could do more work in less time. And I think that that's the case in this virtual assistant industry right now is you're getting really skilled people that can do Uh, either very highly specialized things or they can do a more, you know, general administrative type things for you, but they're doing it when they're at their best. And that's, that's what we want, right? We preach to all of our clients all the time that they should stay in their zone of genius. Uh, And so we should want our assistants and our partners, our team members doing the same thing.
1: Yes, that's right. Exactly. Um, So what, what do you think differentiates a okay VA from a really rockstar VA?
0: Ooh. Well, I think it's I think it's character. Honestly, I, I actually spend more time I, I say on our you know our, our join our team page that like I don't care what kind of letters you have be, behind your name, right? I care about who you are as a human, and and I think that uh, priority VAs tend to be amazing because they're all in. They're not, you know, I think that what makes a a great VA is someone who's not always looking for, you know, the next shiny object that they can chase. They're dedicated to, I think, the vision and the mission of the company, and they really are hungry to learn and to grow. You know, it's a thing that we do here in our business is we offer ongoing training for all of our assistants because... For those that really stand out, even the ones among our team, they're always raising their hand of like, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to do more so I can be of more value to my clients. And I think that's what makes an amazing asset.
1: Yeah. So I I agree. I think that 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 desire to learn is is a a quality that's really, really important and mm, honestly missing quite a bit. So now, obviously, I have some inside knowledge here, but what do you do to identify those people sort of at a high level like how do you sort of differentiate when you're looking through applicants and things like that how are you finding people that really fit that that bill
0: yeah so we have a process here we affectionately call the gauntlet and uh, it's a seven-stage process that I like to put people through that's first of all I I mean the number one thing I'm checking for is character and you know we have some some real disqualifiers right if someone answers a question a certain way I don't move forward Forward with them, regardless of how amazing they are, because when it comes down to it, if you lack integrity and character, I don't want to work with you. But uh, as far as kind of seeing who the standout candidates are, um, I think it's really fun to kind of put people to the test and to to actually see, you know, what can they solve and what problem can they fix for us uh, with very little direction. So that's always kind of fun to do. And then we do we do role playing interviews. We do a lot of stuff to to really make sure that. That we're working with people that are, I think, um, they're willing to kind of go a little above and beyond to work with a team like ours.
1: Yeah, that's which is great, and and you see that coming through. Uh, what are some of the uh, things that you think that people would be surprised that they can and should outsource in their businesses?
0: Well, you know, I'm always really so shocked at how many people don't outsource their email. That just blows my mind. I actually, I practice what I preach all the time, and I, I, I have zero inbox instead of inbox zero. And I, so, I think that people would get so much more time back in their day if they would optimize their email and uh, and outsource at least the majority of that to virtual support. But, you know. We can't outsource anything, you know. I mean, obviously, your VA can't bring you coffee, but they can like arrange for it to be delivered. But I, I think that things that people really miss the mark on is even some of those personal tasks in your in your life and business. You know, I've taken uh, snapshots of the little reminder card that we get from our dentist, you know, and send it via Slack to my assistant, and she makes those appointments for me. You know, that's it's just those little things that add up that. Yes, it would take me three minutes to do it, but it ends up shifting from, you know, to-do list to to-do list day in and day out, and it re- never really actually gets accomplished, And whereas my VA can get it done literally in a couple minutes, and then it's, it's in the done column, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And just not having that brain power, you know, always trying to process, like, I always say that i used to have this like forever rolodex of all the stuff i had to remember but now i have a virtual assistant that helps me take those little things off my plate but man you can outsource anything nowadays it's
1: great and how are you using the the team for yourself to grow the business and maybe in your personal life
0: yeah, so I have uh, my main assistant. Uh, her name is Kim, and she's been with me almost four years now. And she really handles anything from she plans our family vacations. Um, she handles some social media management for me. She'll actually do some ghostwriting for me on occasion. And uh, and she really takes care of me, my family, and my life. So I really appreciate her for calendar management and really just keeping me on track. She kind of hounds me if, uh, if I start maybe i'm feeling a little bit down on myself right and so i'm not hopping in live uh and doing facebook lives as often as i should be so she kind of prods me along like i need to be every once in a while then we have a tech va that helps us with all of the background uh tech pieces of automation and and making sure that we are maximizing the software uh, that we use in our business and um and then I have a, a, my husband actually works with me in my business too. And he handles a lot of the operational things in our business as far as onboarding and offboarding people into our team. So uh, that's my core team. Uh, and then we have a, a relationship manager who also, she actually just came on board a little bit ago and she helps just make sure that everyone is happy and that uh, we have resources available for our VAs and our clients.
1: Yeah. Um and then what are what are some of the most in-demand skills that you're seeing right now that the VAs need, that clients are wanting, and so on?
0: Yeah, so two things. Uh, from the client side, I think we get a lot of people that really just need the traditional executive level of virtual support. They need someone to, to just be their person so that I think is what we see the most of and then mm-hmm. secondarily to that it's a lot of funnel creation so you know this is uh, you know setting up campaigns in drip or active campaign or InfusionSoft, and really just managing that process to take a lot of online businesses uh, to the next level so whether that's launching a product or a webinar or um, a service you know handling coaching things like that so those two very different verticals uh, it's a different skill set uh, that's also important for people to understand is that the person making your hair appointment is not also you know the person who's going to be building you funnels so um, just having a good understanding of, of what you want done and who you need it done by I think is really important but those two things are what we see the most
1: so actually that's something also I forgot about that's really important as well is that you you know we have people who don't really understand what a VA is but then we also have those people who assume that it is this like magical unicorn right and yeah <laughs> and it's uh, we just you and I just had this happen in a conversation recently where somebody didn't even consider the idea of splitting a job into two people.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's what is so important about having a conversation with somebody and really kind of breaking it down to figure out what you need done and who you need it done by. And, you know, I think that people do really, really well in their businesses to understand their ideal client avatar, right? Like we know what they wear and where they shop and what their name is, and we give them a family, but nobody does that for their ideal teammate. And so if people would take the time to document really what they're doing day to day in their business, uh, they'll start to see a pattern of the things that they always put off or that they never get to, or they don't, don't know how to do. You know, maybe those are. All the technical things. And you kind of start to create this avatar of the type of like the gap, right? The hole in your business. And for us, like we realized that we really needed a more tech support type person because all the things that Trevenia was not doing was all the stuff that was techie that I just I, I got tripped up on and I, I would get stressed out and I would always put it on the back burner, right? And so if you'll spend the time to kind of document what you're doing, uh, you'll really start to see. A, an avatar emerge of the type of person that you need in your business. And, and very, very often it's more than one person that you actually need.
1: Yeah. And, and that's another thing too, is I think is exciting is that you can start to build out this virtual team of the different people that can fulfill those different roles. And then another thing in terms of, I, I guess, like challenges is do you ever find that because I mean the, the people that are working for you are contractors, right? They're employees. Correct. Right. So is that ever a challenge for you in terms of like as a leader, you know, how you can, because I've seen this, I've faced this as well before, like how much you can uh, push people or motivate people or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, do, do you have to keep that in mind as you're doing this? Because again, the benefit of them working at home is, is that they get to work in, you know, their sort of unique space, but there's potentially a downside to that sometimes that you have to manage.
0: Yeah. I, I think that there are three things that I really encourage our clients to do with their virtual support to keep them engaged. And I think that you need to encourage them. You know, if you look at disk profiles across the board of most virtual assistants, so we have everyone do you know, disk profiles and StrengthFinder and Colby, and you'll see that a lot of them share the same traits, the same characteristics. And uh, when we, there, there's a book called The Five Love Languages, and we had um, all of our VAs take the assessment to see really what their, their love language was or their language of appreciation. And uh, across the board, it was like 80 something percent, 86% or something. But words of affirmation were their love language, which huh. I thought was not because most people will be like, I'll oh, just send my assistant flowers right on, you know, secretary's day or whatever. But it's what's written on the card. That means more to the virtual assistant than the flowers themselves, right? So if you'll take the time to encourage your virtual assistant and just, you know, say thanks every once in a while, just throw them a bone and uh, and tell them that they did a good job, that's important. And I think that so we have to encourage them. We have to equip them. I think that, uh, you know, when the VA is left floundering sometimes because maybe you didn't give um, good instruction, you don't know what you really want done or uh, you don't have a system in process or documented or a process in place. I think that can be really frustrating. So we need to equip them, whether that means you send them to a conference or let them join a mastermind that you pay for, or maybe you buy a Facebook ads course and you give them, you know, it's time to go through it. My core team, we actually require that they spend 10% of their week learning, um, because we want them to be equipped to handle the problems that are going to come up in our business. Uh, So equip them and give them the tools that they need to do a good job for you. And then I think the final thing that people miss out on is that they don't, uh, they don't empower their virtual assistant. So they kind of hover like a, I call it a helicopter CEO, right? They don't ever (laughs) truly let go of the reins there's always hovering making sure that you know things are going well and that they're meeting expectations and that they're working all their hours and all that and so part of it is like just back off people let your va do what they were created to do you go do what you were created to do and uh nine times out of ten things go really well when that happens
1: yeah that's yeah um, <laughs> i'm like reliving all these experiences i've had with this um so yeah i, I, I think it's, it's a very poignant way to put it so so that's great uh now, this is sort of a fun question. I always like to ask this when people are in the outsourcing business, but what's one of the craziest requests you've ever seen, whether when you were working as a VA or in your business now?
0: Oh, gosh. I wish it. I would have time to think about this. <laughs> one. A, uh, let's see. Um,
1: I mean, I can, gosh, if I, you I want, would... I can prime you with what mine was.
0: Well, I always laugh at the one that I heard from you about delivering breast milk to like someone in Mexico. I'm like, holy cow, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember, uh, I mean, I remember one time like just having to, I had to just wake up at like three o'clock in the morning one time and finagle like a ton of flights to get uh get a very well-known speaker to an event that he was being paid like $40,000 to keynote. And, uh, it it was snowing in his town and he couldn't get out and just trying to make him get to the flight, you know, on time. And that was really crazy. I I spent probably two and a half hours trying to do it, but he made it to the speaking event. And I just kept thinking $40,000 is on the line. Like I have to figure this out right now. So, um, that was pretty fun, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. What else? What else have you done, Ari?
1: Uh, we had to we arranged for a, a client who wanted to have a photo taken of him riding a grizzly bear while holding a bald eagle. Mm. Wow. So that was hmm. that was an unusual one. Um, <laughs>
0: what, what? Why? I, like he said
1: it. Like, he said it was on his bucket list. I don't really. I don't really get into the why too much.
0: Okay. You know, I've got a lot of things on my bucket list. And that is not one of them, but uh, that that's really fun. That reminds me of, you know, a lot of clients. Oh, this was another one. One time is I had a client who um, was a massive fan. Her husband was a massive fan of the... Um, Pittsburgh Steelers and was able to get them really amazing seats and then for them to be able to go down on the field and then like get a tour of the locker room and stuff. And they were able to take their kid to that game and it was just really fun. Um, But I just happened to know like the right connection to make that happen. I I mean, that
1: that was crazy. Yeah, but that's fun. So, I mean, the the money ones are interesting, you know, obviously, like a lot of them, it's just a number, right? You just got to figure out what the number is and who you have to give that number to. But sometimes when you really just have to figure out like the uh, yes, the breast milk one was very interesting. Uh, that one I really had to like rack my brain a little bit and figure that one out and we were able to to come through on that, which was great. But yeah, so the ones that are just number those are kind of fun and interesting but yeah the ones we really have to like come up with some innovative solution was those, those really exciting for me. <laughs> um, yeah. But I feel like we do that too with a lot of businesses that are trying to build a CRM of, you know with like ten dollars essentially you know that, that's that actually yeah so that's another uh, fascinating one is how uh when people put limits in place right so if they say like don't spend more than an hour or they say do this but don't spend one two hundred dollars so when you have those those restrictive limits that's where i think you really sort of squeeze out the innovation
0: well and that's what i love about it within priority va is we actually have a private facebook group for our virtual assistants and so you know for us there's you know, eighty of them in there and it's like a collective little mastermind, right? So when a VA kind of runs into a challenge or a, a problem, maybe they need a an event space in, you know, somewhere in Phoenix that You know, accommodates 80 people or something, you know, it just gets kind of chaotic. They can hop into the group and ask in there. And then it's really fun to start to see like people challenging themselves to kind of find the solution for their teammate. That's really fun, too.
1: Okay, well, so then I have another one for you. Have you ever had a request that you had to say no to because it was either inappropriate or you just couldn't do it?
0: Uh, you know, I had I had a client um, one time that had he ran a like an online gambling site and um, and he started pushing the envelope with I think. Um, like some legal things that I was just like, yeah, I can't I can't participate in that. Um, I also actually said no to a client that ran um, an adult sex toy business. Um, that just felt really weird to like, hi, you're going to be, you know, posting sex toys online. I don't know. I just felt like I can't – if I start blushing too much, then it's just an automatic no.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> then you would have – yeah, you <laughs> – I've been blushing a lot with some of the ones that we've had. There, there's ones that I've done – that we've had that we've done for we've actually had quite a few that not well not quite a few we had a few that were in uh, a similar business to the one you just described and we had, no. we had to do a lot of like <laughs> article writing and keyword research and when you're writing when you're writing articles that need to have high seo uh, forgive the pun but yeah. high, high seo juice um, for those <laughs> kinds of industries <laughs> It, it, you have to get pretty salacious. So, that yeah, that was... I mean, w- more though, we've had ones that have been uh, illegal requests and they weren't necessarily illegal where the client was from or based, but they were certainly illegal where they wanted it to happen. You know, So the, those when you're working in an international business, that's one of those things that comes up, right? Something very well may not be illegal yeah. or unacceptable with a request thing. So I've had some things come up around right, some right. drug things. Uh, we've had, we had a client who... So, uh, it turned out I was trying to get us to arrange a happy ending massage and um <laughs> it was like a really weird way around it <laughs> so you know it's a toe line sometimes it's a moral issue sometimes it's really a legal issue
0: i am so glad that we are on audio only right now because my face is be red already <laughs> that i just i don't know man i just have issues when it comes to that stuff i just can't handle it i'm too much a nice
1: other lady I, I,
0: I guess. Well, I, for me,
1: though, the thing is, is even you say no, it's like I never want people to feel like judged because it's like, just like, no, it's yeah. it's okay that you want to do that, but we just, we can't do that. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I said no to somebody once uh, via email I, and they were so forthcoming about their business and their business model. And, you know, and so I made them a video and I just like, I, I'm so glad that, you know, you were really honest and I, I can't support you right now. And uh, he just was like, that is the nicest rejection I've ever gotten in my life. And and I think that actually is a good point because, you know, we're not the right fit for everybody. But I think the way that we say no, uh, or the way that we hand them off to someone else who can serve them really well is is important. I think that, that Helps to build your brand, right? And so I think your listeners to this they can take that away in their uh, in their businesses as well. You know, we don't have to be jerks about it, even if we're not the right fit for
1: someone. You, absolutely. And you know, the the perfect example of that is when you think of like a really popular restaurant that you know. I mean, I don't know if you have this experience very often, but if, in New York, there's when you have a popular restaurant, you'll call and ask for a reservation. They'll say, "Oh yeah, we have five thirty or ten thirty. Which would you like?" You know, and the, there's <laughs> there's a way to be really obnoxious about it, and there's another way to just be much nicer about it, and and a lot of businesses like prescribe that. They think that that attitude is a, is a good thing in some cases. So, yeah, I agree. The way you say no is really, really important. So uh, the last question that we always like to ask, and I always like to ask on these interviews, is what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective?
0: Oh, I love that. Uh, so, you know, the whole idea, I think, of eat the frog is really important. So, you know, do the thing that you keep putting off uh, first thing. I think that I just automatically just makes you more effective because, You're kind of like if you crush it first thing, then you just really get momentum going. So I think that's really important. I think really to be effective, delegate the hell out of everything you can in your life. And I think that really look at it can be, you know, I delegate laundry. And I know that that sounds so pretentious, but I hate laundry. uh, And it really was, it would put me in a bad mood. So I'd be barking at my kids and, and stuff. So I delegate laundry. So think of things outside of just your business that you can delegate so that when you are in business mode, you're, fully there. And then when you're at home, you're fully there as well. So, um, make sure that you're really looking at all the things you can delegate. And honestly, I think the third one for me is to find a mastermind. Um, because I think that if people aren't around people that are further down the road from them, you kind of lose that, um, kind of aspirational idea of yourself. Uh, So that happens. And I think that you also tend to think that you're the only one, you know, that has these problems. And when you get around people that are further down the road and you're like, Oh really? You suck at that too. Or like you struggle with that as well. uh, I think that it helps you kind of collectively have this like sigh of relief of, okay, I'm not that far down the road, you know, from, from where I thought I was.
1: Those are great. Those are wonderful. So thank you. And, uh, we'll have links obviously in the show notes, but if uh, people want to find out more, they can go to priorityva.com slash Ari. Uh, there's a nice video of me and Truvenia there because, as I said, I really highly recommend the people that they've got there and the training that Truvenia puts into it. And quite honestly, the, the level of customer service that you bring to the business. So uh, Trinia, thank you for doing what you're doing and helping people do more in their businesses and for talking to me.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Ari. Thank you for joining us today on the Less Doing podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your friends. For more information about Ari and his groundbreaking methods, please visit us online at lessdoing.com and on social media at Ari Mizell. We'll see you next week.